0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing but that he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. For the lion hath roared, and who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken. Who can but prophesy? Amos chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. The prophet Amos warns Israel that a great tumult is coming attacks from their enemies, and severe economic difficulties. Yet does the Lord make it very clear through his true prophets that he himself has allowed this to happen because of the selfishness, wickedness, laziness, complacence, and error of the people who refuse to follow his leading and obey his instructions in righteousness. God desires mercy, but his mercy had become entitlement for more wickedness against the innocent and more time for error to be taught in his name. It had gotten so bad that the people didn't even know that they did not know their king anymore. They had so incorporated the gods, idols, ideologies, and cultures of the land around them that they valued, utilized, spread, endorsed, and reinforced their methods more than the teachings of Scripture. So that it came to the point where God had to tear it all down to the foundations and relay them. In other words... The church needed reformation. In verse 10, it continues by saying, For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who storeth up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength. From thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. How would God bring this chastisement and humbling upon this selfish, prideful, and rebellious people? He would simply remove his protection from them for a season. You see, when a person was being pursued by an enemy, even if they had a right claim against them, They could run to the sanctuary and grab hold of the horns of the altar. If they did this, they would be protected. Therefore, when the Lord tells them in the following passage that he will cut off the horns of the altar, what he was actually telling them was that he would cut off their protection. This is never a place that you want to find yourself in. Because the enemy is always seeking whom he may devour. And it's only by the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. All he has to do is to withdraw that mercy for a moment. And give the people over to their own vain imaginations. Because the moment that he stops restraining, the enemy will rush in like a flood. And bring with him all manner of destruction. After all, that old enemy comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Therefore, no matter how he lies and fluffs the pride of men, trusting him, even but for a moment, will always lead to their detriment. In verse 14, we read, that in the day that I shall visit the transgressions Of Israel upon him, I will also visit the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and shall fall to the ground. So, my friend, I tell you this seek the Lord now with all of your heart while he may be found. Come to him with fasting and with weeping. Rend your heart and not your garment. Take it seriously. Do the first work and tend to the widow and the orphan. Repent of sin, complacence, and selfishness. Repent of pride and rebellion. Repent of trying to build up fancy buildings full of starving men, women, and children. Feed them the word of God that they might be saved from the wrath to come. And you yourself saved your own soul from a greater damnation that will lay upon them that knew the truth but did not deliver it to those who needed it. Moreover, care not only for their soul but for their needs. Feed them spiritually, yes, but feed them physically also if there is a need for it. What is here today it gone tomorrow, better than to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and thieves do not rush in. Seek the Lord today for the part that he would have you to play in this great story of the last days. Be his hands and feet, be his mouthpiece. Be the temple of the Holy Spirit be found in right standing when the lion of the tribe of Judah comes roaring. Finally in verse 15 the passage concludes by saying and I the Lord will smite the winter house and the summer house and the houses of ivory shall perish and the great houses shall have an end saith the Lord. And as we are told by the apostles in the New Testament, that seeing is how all of these things will come to an end. What not our conversation and thoughts and words and works and actions have more of an eternal ramification? Should we not set our sights on things above, on things eternal, of things of more significance, than the temporary pleasures of self-satisfaction, gratification, attention, materialism, even self-preservation. Should we not take Christ as our example and live for greater things? To live humbly and selflessly to do the work of the kingdom? Believing that there is a better world coming that we might seek to have a place in it. Oh, by faith that we might come and say, Lord, what would you have me do today? If I am but to sit at your feet and praise, then so be it. It is an honor to serve my king, however you see fit for me. But if you would call me to tend to the widow and the orphan, if you would call me to feed the hungry, or to comfort the hurting, if you would give me a word and send me to release it, if you would cause me to pray or to preach or to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, if you were to cause me to warn the wicked of their sinfulness, if you would cause me to but sing of your greatness. Oh Lord, let us live and breathe your purposes. Let us cast off every vestige of pride and selfishness. For as we read in Jude chapter 1 verse 14, that Enoch also the seventh from Adam did prophesy these things would be coming, saying, Behold, the Lord will come back with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. I think this passage is so amazing. That at the time of the return of Christ, Christ himself will still have to try to convince the ungodly and the wicked that they were wrong in the things that they were speaking against him and his teachings. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, we read this about what will actually happen at the time of the return of Jesus. It says that there will be two classes of people, just as if a shepherd was separating the goats from the sheep. And how will he tell them apart? Did they listen to what he came to teach? Did they believe it or have enough faith in it to obey it? That they might actually demonstrate it with their very lives and actions. Which ones are the ones that will get into the kingdom, be part of the resurrection and rule and reign with him from New Jerusalem? The ones that he will say to come in and inherit the kingdom that has been prepared from the foundations of the world? He said the ones that when I was hungry, you gave me meat. And I would say that to be spiritually or physically. The ones that when I was thirsty gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. He says, then the righteous answered him and said unto him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink or a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see thee, sick or in prison, and came to visit you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch much that you have done it unto one of the least of these, My brethren, then you have done it unto me. O oh, my friend, tend to the body of Christ. Because in the previous chapter, in verse 45, He tells us this, Who then is a faithful servant and wise, whom his Lord, having made him ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? O blessed is that servant, whom when his Lord cometh, he finds doing exactly that. O verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all of his goods. In other words, my friend, what Jesus is saying is this. Don't get complacent. Don't get selfish. Don't get prideful. Don't get rebellious. Continue the work unto the end. For he says it very plainly throughout the New Testament, that those who endure unto the end, they shall be saved. And enter in to his kingdom. Don't let anything or anyone steal your crown. My friend, don't put it down. Ask him for the strength. Come to him and cry out if need be. He will give you what is needed. Even Jesus had to pray for strength in the Garden of Gethsemane. He understands our need. But whatever you do, don't stop feeding the sheep. Both physically. And spiritually. Because the lion hath roared. He has sent forth his warning and his decree. The Lord God omnipotent. Almighty. Is coming. O Lord let us be found among those saints. That will be with you. At your returning. Or else let us be counted among the faithful. That are still waiting and doing the work of the kingdom and tending to the house that you have left us. O Lord, do not allow us to become complacent and stop possessing the land of our inheritances to stop being watchmen. Let us not grow weary in well-doing and stop taking new territory. Father, let us tremble before you and the revelation that the day of the Lord draweth near. Therefore, ought we to be ever more vigilant, more persistent, seeking and listening and speaking what we're given. Oh, let us tend to the flock of God with all diligence. Yes, things will get difficult. Yes, there is a judgment coming. Yes, he will move to humble the wicked. But there is a work to be done for the righteous in the midst of it this message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries to learn more about our ministries please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com